Buddy, hello, 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 welcome, welcome and hello. I'm glad you're here. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. Glad you could join us. We do this every Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those of you that are mountain challenged. And today is a super exciting live stream. Um, we'll do our shipment report as per usual. We have a great giveaway, but we have some awesome fish to show you. The fish from the new import, almost all of them are finally ready to show off and uh, have been listed and are available at dancefish.com. So it's not meant to be super salesy. It's meant to be inspiring and cool. But if you do see something you like, they're available at dancefish.com. This is how we make our living. So, you know, cheers. <laughs> all right, let's start with the shipment report. I am thrilled to say that we are back. Two weeks in a row, so no problems. 100% success as far as we know. Now, I have been in and out today because I've been at the warehouse building as much as I could. So there might have been an email that came in uh, this afternoon or something that I just haven't seen yet where someone had a problem. But as far as uh, as of uh, late this morning or noonish or something like that, um, everything had been smooth sailing since I last talked to you. So no issues. There was one little hiccup where UPS said that a box was going to be delayed. There was some confusion, but it ended up showing up the day it should. So it ended up being okay, but it was a bit of a scare. So, um, because I believe this was a Friday delivery. And so if it was delayed, it would not, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm going to be doing that a lot tonight. Unfortunately, it would not have, uh, showed up until, until Monday. At least if I, if I remember the scenario, right, I think that's the case. And that's why we try to avoid delivery for um, Fridays, because if there's a problem, then it sits in the UPS warehouse overnight. But um, every now and then, though, you know, it's the only day someone has off work ever. And so they have to get it that day. So we get it. We'll, we'll work with you. But we try not to ship for Friday delivery just because of that issue. But everything worked out OK. So that's the good news. No problems. Everything's doing well, despite the cold weather. Um Everything's back on track and has been for a couple weeks. So that's awesome. Let's see here. That's the shipment report. Let me do a small, very brief update about the warehouse just because I am very excited about this. So, okay, I have to show you something here. Just a sec. It's going to take me a second. Yes. Got to get it in position so I can show you some stuff we've got done today. So, for those that are following the um, build of the new fish store and want to know more, we, we document that pretty well on Instagram. So there's a Dan's Fish Instagram. It's just super easy to take a quick picture of something we did that day and throw it up there, right? So that's, that's what we typically do instead of making big videos. And then the other issue is some of the people that are working with me don't really want to be on camera. And so it makes it a little difficult to, you know, make videos because we're all working together as a team. So we'll still do some videos. Don't get me wrong, but um, at least I think <laughs> I plan on it. But here's where we're at so far. So today we were able to finally, this is one row of racks, at least half a row. There'll be another sandwich on the other side of that pipe. Now they're not completely done yet or anything. Um, we just got two of them on their feet, two sections, one row on its feet just so we could kind of get an idea of what they look like in the space and all that. <clears throat> and they look great. So it was awesome to do that. And for those that are wondering 
what that looks like at scale. Here's what that looks like at scale. So that's the row over there in the corner um, when we're, you know, back across the warehouse. So super excited to finally have a little bit of stuff up on its feet. It's not done by any means, but a little, little dry run starting to get the rack set up. So that's pretty cool. All right. The next thing is um, the giveaway. <laughs> I almost forgot. So the giveaway is for some Blue Dream Shrimp. And these are really pretty ones. These were um, bred by Rick May. Um, Rick, I saw you asked me that earlier. Yes, these are the ones that you that we got from you. They're breeding like crazy, so we have a lot. And they are a nice dark blue color. They like this. A nice, nice dark blue color. So really pretty fish. Oh, and I've got to show this in order for this to make any sense. Pretty, pretty fish, shrimp. Uh, they're not like this. I wouldn't say they're this. This is like a light blue color. Um, oh, that's a blue velvet shrimp. That's why. They're this, this dark blue color, which is pretty cool. So um, we'll give you at least six of them, you know, a little group to get you started if you uh, win the giveaway. They're the same genus as um, cherry shrimp. So I think they're as hardy as cherry shrimp. I don't think we've lost any. Like they came in solid. Rick breeds some good stuff. So, um, and Rick, I saw your question about also talking about the other stuff. Yeah, we need a refill, man. If you have any more of your um, orange Venezuelan quarries or your celestial pearl danios or your um, epistogrammas or what else, I don't know. Let me know what else you have. We're ready when you are. Um, and I also have... There's another gentleman I've been emailing back and forth that's uh, read some good yids and some other stuff. So um, there's some other stuff as well that we'll be bringing in for those that have been waiting for that. For, that's Iliad Unfirsidens is uh, one that we plan on getting in soon. So anyway, that was a little side note. Anyway, if you want to win some uh, Blue Dream Shrimp, let's get back on track, Dan, here. Derailing myself. Just enter hashtag blue. It's pretty simple. Hashtag B-L-U-E in the chat, no space or anything, hashtag B-L-U-E, um, <coughs> caps don't matter, but spelling and spacing does, um, just like Kyle's Aquametrics did, perfect, that's how you do it, all right, everyone's doing it, good, 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 that will get you entered to win some uh, pretty cool blue drain shrimp that are hobbyist bred and raised in aquariums, so they're not going to die on you, at least they're probably not, haven't died on me, and got, I don't know, a couple generations now, I think, Rick, going. So that's the giveaway. Now I want to get to something I'm super excited about. Um, I'm going to lead with a fish that I have been trying to get my hands on for a couple years. This is a holy grail bucket list fish for a lot of rainbow nerds. Um, they just haven't been around long enough for us to really have them. But um, I was able to get a nice batch from a breeder. First batch, I think, at this scale in the United States. Um, there are some around. There are a couple diehard rainbow fish hobbyists messing with them. Um, 
but this is the first time that I think they've been bred and and, and uh, sold at any kind of scale. So I'm excited to have them. So the fish I'm talking about is Melanotania from Kalitawa. Here's a picture from uh, Gary Lang, who I believe was one of the people that uh, found this species. Um, nice blue fish, this neat dark bar up the body, red tail, and the blaze is amazing. So none of the pictures, if you just Google Moanatania Kalitawa, none of the pictures do a great job capturing the blaze. Here's a little bit. You see the blaze here a little bit. But um, our very own Hoon Aquatics was nice enough to let me use uh, some of his pictures. So let me just show you the blaze on these guys. It is intense. Check that out. This is a, a picture that Hoon Aquatics took of, of their fish spawning. Um, female, male, at least I believe. It's hard to sex fish when their fins are down like that top ones is. But look at that bright orange blaze. That is something else. That's a, that's a good looking fish. So that's the only picture I know of where the blaze has been caught very well. So thank you, uh, Hoon Aquatics, for doing that. And Hoon Aquatics also helped us write an article on Melanotania Kalitawa, um, which is going to be featured in the Dancefish newsletter um, the 1st of February. So if you want to join the newsletter and get articles about cool fish, um, you go to dancefish.com, scroll to the bottom, click View Previous Newsletters, and it'll show up here. Um, these aren't salesy things. We're trying to be informative. So they're, they're kind of like a, I don't know, is it a mini magazine? There's like a magazine quality article, I guess I would say, more or less. Some some weeks it's more like a, a forum-worthy article, some months. But but generally it's getting better and better. And the one that, uh, that uh, Hoon Aquatics wrote for... Um, For February is is amazing, and Michael Melier contributed as well. Um, but Hoon Aquatics is is a lot of experience with this fish, so was able to talk firsthand experience about it, which is pretty darn cool. Let me just make sure it actually showed up. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's the first fish I wanted to share with you tonight is Melanotania Kalitawa. Um, one that I'm super excited about and have been drooling about. I see pictures, it's like, oh man, let me wipe that up. It's so pretty um, for a long time. So that's what I wanted to start with. It's just such a pretty fish. I mean, that blaze is stupendous. But anyway, we also got some other really cool stuff too. So we got some micro tenopoma and sorgii, and they're doing fantastic. They're, we haven't lost any. The batch is healthy, and they've um, they're eating well. On we feed them live baby brine shrimp and frozen bloodworms, and they eat just fine. They're starting to nibble at pellets, but I wouldn't say that they're eating like pellets or flakes yet. But they'll eat frozen without any problem. So micro and uh, microtenopoma and sorgii. Um, the prettiest, I think, of the tenopoma type fish. And they don't get too big, two, two and a half inches. They're, that's where the micro comes from. 
nice, nice little, little fishy. And yeah, doing great for us. More pygmy corridors. Uh, we've been out for a while, got another nice batch of them in. So for everyone that's been waiting, we do have more pygmy corridors in and they're good size. And again, no losses, no issues, really strong batch. These came in really well. Also, these are the uh, Corridor Similis or Smudge Spot Cory or Violet Cory. That's a great shot of one right there. That's that's really what they look like. And they can over time develop. Uh, it's so hard to catch that violet color on. Let's see. You can kind of see a little bit of, I guess, violetish coming in here, um, but it's kind of hard to see. But they're, they're a nice, cute little Corridora. Duplicaris came in, and they came in really good shape. And they're, they're pretty good size, a lot bigger than the last ones that we had. So if you like Duplicaris, you know, Adolfoi-type type Corridoras, we have a nice group of those. Uh, Gastromyzon Zebrenis. Uh, sorry, I got a cough. <coughs> I, uh, I've been sick all week. I came down with... Uh, uh, like a sinus infection, super sore throat on, on Sunday. And it's, it's getting a little, it's getting better. Like I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, I'm not a hundred percent, but I can feel that I'm on the mend. So that's good. But it has made it for kind of a rough week. Cause there's been a lot of physical labor. So, you know, when you feel like just sick and you just want to go lie down, but it's like, nope, I'm getting the freaking racks done. I'm building the aquarium racks this week. Right. That's what it's been like. Um, but we're on the mend and felt pretty good today. So I'm, I'm sorry if there's a little coughing happening, but, um, it's, uh, can't be helped <laughs> and it's much better than it was. It's getting a lot better. Anyway, um, this is like the reticulated hillstream loach, but, but a, a different species, uh, but another hillstream looking one and really cool fish, gastromyzon and pseudogastromyzon and sewilia, all those very similar fish. More of the pencil fish by popular demand. We had a lot of requests for this. So the ones I ordered are called the red Beckford's pencil fish. They also sell the normal Beckford's pencil fish. I can't tell the difference, um, but I always buy the red just in case there's more red later. I don't know. We did bring in some more super whites. These are um, L236 super whites. These are true super whites from the RB line. Um, they came from Ernst Schmidt, who develops the RB line with Robert. And um, that's where the broodstock came from. And they've done really well for everyone that's bought them from us. So everyone's been happy with them. They're, they're good quality. They've got full bellies. Um, they're, they're highly variable. Oh, here's our picture right here. Look at that. That's one of our babies um, from the last batch. Anyway, really stunning, really cool fish. We also brought in the RB line L236s. These are not the super whites, and you can kind of see the difference, right? So this is this is a good example. Well, I don't know if hang on. I don't yeah. This is a good example of one, just a normal 236, not a super white. And you can see the difference. See how those the worm pattern is pretty even, almost as much black. Here's another, here's a good shot. Almost as much black as white. 
If you compare that, that's the 236, the RB strain 236. If you compare that with this, that shows you the difference. There's so much less black um, on the super white than on the regular RB RB uh, 236. So, so just to kind of compare those. We have some more L260s. These are the Queen Arabesques. Cute little guys, doing great. This is a new one for us. I'm really excited to have some L82s. This is the Opal Spot Pleco. Um, really pretty. Ours are, the ones we're selling are two to three inches and they're bulky. Nice bellies on them. I, this is, I guess I should say this. Um, it's important to me that you guys know that our plecos are not collected from the wild. Ours are aquarium bred and raised fish by a breeder who's really concerned about uh, preserving them and breeding them to preserve. Also, it's a business for them for sure, but they, anytime they can find one of these hypencistrus or, well, this isn't a hypencistrus, but any of these plecos, the L number plecos, they, they get them, they keep them separate, they keep the lines pure because they're breeding to preserve them. And um, they, they have connections way up in the Pleco world. They got, um, like the, the L173s we have, uh, people always ask, are those real? Because you can almost never find real ones. And the way they got those is they went to Germany to the L number conference in Hanover, Germany. And that's where they got them from. And so this is a person that travels around and really sources nice, pure plecos. And so the reason I want to say that is, to me, that's important. Um, if we can breed these instead of collect them from the wild, a lot of them are very endangered in the wild. A lot of them, like the ocelot, for example, the L174, is not in high numbers even in the wild as far as we know. So we want to keep them in the hobby and we want to be able to enjoy them but we don't want to take them from the wild if we can help it. Now, there are times when I will probably in the future bring in some wild L numbers just because I can't find um, any aquarium bred ones, but, the, but I would do that in the hopes that I could distribute them and folks could breed them and get them established. So that's one reason. And the other reason I want to stress this is because we are not the cheapest when it comes to plecos, I don't think. Maybe we are in some species. And I'm pretty sure we have some species you almost can't get anywhere else. But we're not the cheapest because breeding in aquariums and raising them and stuff is more expensive than collecting them from the wild. But the difference is they aren't coming from, I don't know if anyone has experience with wild caught plecos. Sometimes they come in great, but often they come in emaciated. Um, the supply chain is not kind to them. There's parasite issues and things like that. So there's, I don't know if anyone's here had that experience, but there's lots of people I know that, um, and you, you can, if you get online, you'll read about it quite a bit. They spent a lot of money for a fancy pleco um, that was like wild collected, and it there was there were problems, right? It came in, it was emaciated, it was full of parasites. Um, in, in fact, I know one wholesaler who would bring them in and and sell them as absolutely fast as they could just because they knew they weren't going to live for them. So I'm not, I don't want to poo-poo wild collected plecos because it's still an important resource, especially for species that are not being uh, bred in aquariums. But there's a big, 
here's how I want to say this. This is probably the best way to say this. There's a big difference in the consistency of health and quality from aquarium-raised um, L-number plecos over wild-collected, imported plecos just because of the supply chain. So, so that's, that's why they're more. It just costs more to produce them that way. Um, we brought in some more goldies or sunshines for those that like the L-14s. Big, beautiful plecos. Don't get them unless you can handle large fish, though. They're going to get, what, uh, 12 to 16 inches, somewhere in that range. But, man, they're pretty. And super excited about these. We got some L397s. They are perfect. They're, they're, they're small. Um, I'd say three-quarters of an inch to an inch and a half, the biggest ones. Um, but fat little bellies, spunky, no losses, no problems. Um, absolutely stunning little pleco, bright, beautiful little fish. And again, aquarium bred and raised. I think we already talked about the two seventies. No, we didn't. Okay. This is the chocolate zebra. So we brought in some L two seventies. This is another first for us. Um, the, the chocolate zebra, what are these from Tapahoes, I guess. And by the way, I don't have pictures of all of these yet, and I haven't made a video yet. I, I wanted to. Usually when I release fish, I make a video showing all the new fish and then release them. But I've been, every spare moment has been trying to get the warehouse built. I've been in there constructing, doing, working with wood. <laughs> and um, the other thing is I've been sick all week, so it's not really great to make a video when you're feeling horrible and coughing all the time. So, sorry I don't have the... Uh, video footage yet, but we'll, we'll get that going. Probably the warehouse is taking precedence though, over that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm just, uh, I've got to be in my bonnet and I got to get that thing done. <laughs> then we did bring in some more of the, um, L46 plecos, the Hypensistra zebra. Now there are a lot of other fish we brought in as well that are not on this list because quite frankly, I ran out of time. Uh, before the live stream, I couldn't get all the pictures up. So let me see if I can just read you a list of the other stuff. Um, I was over at the warehouse building until the very last minute. So let's see here. Did I keep it here or did I shut it? Mm. I mean, they're also listed. Uh, you can also find them on the website itself at dancefish.com, all this stuff's over there, but let's show you some other stuff. So we got in some more, um, I tried to get some more gold roseline barbs, didn't happen, but I did bring in some, you know, normal roseline barbs. Hang on, where did I stop? I stopped at the, okay, got in some, um, uh, Chilotherina blairi, another great rainbow fish. Some um, Wapoga red lasers. That's uh, Melanotania rubra vitata, right? Yeah, rubra vitata, not rubra striata. Um, some more Chilotherina alani wapoga. Everyone wants that fish, and I was out for a long time, but we have more for you now. Some more Trifasciata hapgood rivers. Some more Melanotania picta. Really beautiful fish, hard to keep in stock. I already talked about the Kalitawa. 
We have some neon green rasboras, the uh, Kubatai rasbora, and they're doing fantastic. We did bring in some cardinal tetras just because I know a lot of people have trouble finding quality cardinal tetras and we have a good source. So I did bring some more in. Um, Colombian blue red tetras, some blind cave tetras, just because they're a ton of fun and I haven't had them for a while. If you want to tank with constant action, these guys are constant action. Some more um, lemon, orange lemon tetras, the, the Bolivian strain that turns orange instead of just the yellow, like the standard lemon tetra. Some more blueberry tetras and some more bonita tetras. So that's, oh, have I been, yeah, I've been showing the right screen the whole time. But the highlights for me are, the highlight for me is this fish. Melanotania species Kalitawa. So it's not described, but it's from Kalitawa, which I have been trying to get for Evs and finally got it. So super excited about that. They're small, maybe around an inch, no color yet, but they're super healthy, no losses, no problems. Um, they're doing great. Okay. So, and thanks again to uh, Hoon Aquatics for that amazing picture of that Kalitawa pair with the male all blazed up. That's awesome. Um, dogs, Dogfish Pig Boy, thank you so much for the super chat. Dance Fish, thanks for your great customer service and prompt answer to emails. I have to sign off, but wanted to thank you for always answering emails. Oh, you're welcome. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Um, always hate it when I try to communicate with any company and just get radio silence, but especially when it's live animals. Like, ugh. Like, when you order and one day it just shows up and you weren't given a heads up like that's not good <laughs> like so we try to communicate now every now and then it happened last week every now and then something will slip through and end up in a spam box um it happened to someone last week what was it were they a giveaway winner i can't remember exactly but it happened to someone last week and um as i was going through the spam folder i found like a few other emails from a few other people that have been there for a while. I was like, oh, shoot. So, you know, almost always we get back to you. If we don't get back to you within 24, maybe 48 hours, if it's a holiday or weekend or, um, you know, we just got a big import in, we're trying to make sure the fish are all healthy and all that. But generally by the next day, you'll get an email back. Um, if it's gone 48 hours, then, then I did not see the email. It went to the spam folder or um, something happened. So um, generally that's the case. But yeah, we, we want to communicate. We're happy to do it. And we like hearing from you guys. It's I think you choose the relationship you have with your customer. And I've worked in plenty of places that had a contentious, um, antagonistic relationship with their customers and it was no fun to work there because every customer that came in was, there was a good chance they were unhappy, right? Just because of how things operated. And so um, I really think you, you get to choose as a business, what kind of relationship you have with your customers. And so far in almost every case, um, they, they're, it's very positive interactions with our customers. Even when things go wrong, um, 
the interactions themselves are positive. The, the tone is generally positive. Every now and then we'll get someone who's obviously been burned in the past. And so if something goes wrong, um, the tone of the email is like, oh man, this person has had bad experiences somewhere. <laughs> but I look at that as an opportunity to, um, to gain a lifelong customer because when they've been through bad experiences and if you can show them a different path, right? Where are they going to go next time they buy fish? It's pretty evident. So yeah, we, we like our customers and it doesn't bother us when you guys communicate with us. It's not like we're like, Oh man, now I got to talk to, I don't know, Beck's fish room or cares aquatics or Merrick or, you know, any of that. It's not like that at all. We enjoy hearing from you guys. And it's so cool when like, Sometimes weeks will go by or months will go by and a customer will just take a quick picture and send it to us and be like, here's the fish. Like three months later, we love that. It's like, man, it's working. People are getting fish and they're living. <laughs> that's, that's what seems like a simple goal, right? <laughs> Kelly Foreman, I have the Tawas and they are awesome fish. Fish friends don't sleep on this fish order ASAP. Thanks, Kelly. Um, they are. I, as far as rainbow fish go, they're a bucket list fish for a lot of people. They're one that a lot of people have been like seeing pictures of and been like, man, where can I get me some of those? So I'm glad you got some, Kelly. Uh, did you get yours from Hoon Aquatics? If you did, I bet they're awesome. They do a good job. Alexander Engelhart for the cough drop fund. Thank you, Alexander. Appreciate it. Um, right now, I'll just wet the whistle. But yeah, Fisherman's Friend, if you don't know that cough drop, most tastes horrible, works great. <laughs> That's what we tend to use in theater and uh, like you got to go on and you got a bad throat. It's like, it's not perfect, but it's the best one we found. Next fish room. Final. <laughs> oh, I thought you said finally pick me Corey's, but no, you're saying the final pygmy corridors fry update. Fry are growing fantastically fat and sassy and healthy. Keep finding more and more. I think I'm over 10 now and counting. Bex, that's awesome. I'm so glad that the pygmy quarries are spawning for you and that you're able to raise the fry. What a fun, like, how cool would that be to have a tank, have some pygmy quarries, and just have the group breed for you? Like, I'd be looking at that thing every day, counting, and yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad that worked out well for you. Killers Aquatics and Exotics punching me in the face with a fox cat, taking the place of Ed. <laughs> Chattanooga Ed. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for being here. Mira, hey, Mira, good to see you. Congrats on the first racks. I know. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, it's like when that happens, it's like, oh, it's finally happening, right? It's still, there's still a ton of work to do, but somehow that just makes the reality a little more solid. Getting the first racks in there. All right. I'm going to get to your questions and comments now. Um, before I do, though, I want to thank my moderators because without my mods, without the mod squad, um, this would not be a good live stream. Well, it's, it'd be even worse than it is. <laughs> so thanks for all you do. Thanks for making this um, a workable stream and keeping everything going smoothly. I really appreciate it. So I scrolled up as far as I can. The first comment I can see is from Master Aquatics. Just call me Eduardo. Um, who says, 
Hi, Dan. Question. Is there an issue for the mods to share FishFam links on your stream? So if you left a question or comment above that one, I can't see it. Chat jumped and it got cut off. So please feel free to, to leave it down below and I'll get to it as I can. Let's see here. Is there an issue for the mods to share FishFam links on your stream? I'm happy if, if a mod has a link they want to share and they think it's uh, appropriate to share during the stream, go ahead. They have, I, I mean... I think the mods are smarter than me in how a stream should work a lot of times. So it's kind of like, go for it. However, I don't know if YouTube allows, yeah, mods can link stuff, right? Yeah, I think they can. So I will leave that at the mods discretion. However, we don't want to become a stream where we're just doing a bunch of links. Um, that's not our goal. So here is the goal of the stream. We're trying to be a place where we can where people can ask questions or we can just have discussions and where the information that is received is either actionable or inspires the next step of the research before the action has taken place. Right. We try not to be the place where it's like we just uh, repeat stuff we've heard or I call it, myths, fish myths or fish lore, all those things that keep being perpetuated in the hobby and passed down from fish keeper to fish keeper that sound good, but no one knows the source. No one knows if it's real or not. We just think it is and haven't questioned it, right? We try not to do that. We try to only speak from, um, from experience and we can't always. And when we aren't, we're trying, we usually are upfront about that. Like I haven't done that, but here's my thoughts about it. Right. So we're, that's what we're trying to do. The, the goal is to be a place where um, that's the kind of information given. So what I would say is when a question is asked and I'm like, hey, I don't know, please, everyone help. You know, when you're discussing things among yourselves and all that, let's try to be the place where we only say things that we have experience with or observations of and things like that. So when people come here, one of the differentiators is it's like, Oh, this is the stream where if I ask a question, the information I get is a, a little, I don't know, higher quality or uh, something I can consider more reliably or a little more useful than something I might get in a totally unvetted place. Like, I don't know, like not to knock on Facebook groups, there's some good ones there, but you can't, there's a lot of places you ask a question and you get tons of answers and you can't rely on any of them. Like you don't know. Right. So we, we try to be just a little cut above that. That's kind of the goal here. So we don't want to clog the, the thread with tons of links or promotions or anything like that. That's not what it's about. Okay. Crown tail half moon. Could angels and shrimp coexist in the same tank? I think not, but never tried for sure. Any advice? Yes or no. Um, I would say anything can happen, but that would be uh, the percentage, the likelihood of success in that I think is fairly low. I think the angels are going to snack on the shrimp and be delighted. Now, there are species of shrimp that are big and ornery and, you know, can hold their own probably unless they're molting. But if we're talking about your typical, you know, caridina, neocaridina types, then I would say that Anything can happen if you add 
the LR Brett's rock piles going on or real dense Java moss or something, some of them might live, but I'd say it'd be a long shot. Okay. Wow. <laughs> when chat jumped, it cut off everything. <laughs> so I have to scroll for a while here. There we go. Greg Van Fleet. Do you purchase from hobbyist breeders? Yes. My favorite place to get uh, fish is from hobbyist breeders. I think the quality's better. Um, now, I don't buy everything, though. There's lots of fish that just don't work for my business, so I don't buy them. But if you have stuff you want to sell, um, I pay 25% shipped of the retail cost. And um, send me an email, Dan at Dan's Fish. If you'd send me a list of what you have and uh, keeping in mind 25% of retail cost, the price that you would like to charge, then uh, we can go from there. So, yeah, I prefer to buy from hobbyists because the quality is better. Now, it doesn't always make sense, though. If someone's only got like six or a dozen of a fish, especially real common fish, um, yeah, it's not, it doesn't work. The, the, you'll pay more in shipping than you'll get. <laughs> but if someone has quantity, 50 to 100 of something, some things we can go less, some things we can do 20 of or whatever. But in general, we buy in quantity. And in general, if we can, we want to buy several different types of fish from you in one shipment in quantity. So that makes it so that there's some economies of scale that, that kick in there. So you can be okay selling at that price, even though shipping's involved. Um, if it's just ones and twoses, it doesn't work. If it's just one species, it can work, but it depends on the species and the quantity. Um, the best is when there's quantity of several species and we can make a real shipment out of it. So that's, uh, that's the best way to do it. But yeah, I love buying from hobbyists. But, but do keep in mind, there's a lot of fish we just don't buy. It's because um, it's because they don't work for our business model. But if they do, we'll talk. Kelly Foreman, indeed, my Tawas are from Hoon Aquatics. Ryan is an awesome breeder. Yeah, Ryan's a fount of knowledge when it comes to rainbow fish, a true bowhead. And he's been real helpful to me. Not only did he uh, help write this article for the, why well, won't chat? There it goes. For the uh, February... Um, newsletter but he's one of the go-to people that i know i can count on if i have a, if i'm struggling to id a rainbow fish correctly or if i need some information about one they, he and some other folks uh have been very generous with their time and expertise in fact i was going to send folks to his uh store on get gills to thank him but it looks like it looks like it's down for the moment there's a lot of folks that don't want to ship fish during winter time, and I get it. Sandy Farrow, looking forward to getting the Ocelifers tomorrow. I'm looking forward to you getting them too. They went out today. I know it's really cold where you are, but we put them in um, a molded styrofoam box, a big you know, wholesale type box. The insulation's a lot thicker than our normal box, and there's four heat packs in there. Four big boy heat packs. So I think they're going to be okay. Oh, I'm always nervous though when I ship fish. Always. 
especially when it's cold. And I hope that never goes away because I think that little bit of, I don't want to call it anxiety, but tension um, keeps us on our toes. keeps us from cutting corners when we ship fish. A-Train. Any ideas for quarries in a 20-high community tank? I prefer if they are around or below $7 per quarry. I like panda quarries, but they're above my price range in my local store. One moment, got a cough. <coughs> Gross, sorry. Not done. Okay. All right. So I'm going to point you to those pygmy quarries. Let's take a field trip. Dance fish. Um, okay. Pygmy. <laughs> Can he spell it? Here we go. $6.99. Pygmy quarries. Now, the nice thing about pygmy quarries is they're small. Quarries really do need to be kept in, um, in groups. The bigger, the better. They don't do nearly as well if they're not kept in large groups. If they are kept in large groups, you're going to see awesome behavior. You're going to, you can feel the difference. It just feels right. They're acting happy, I guess. A lot of activity and all that. So what I would say is in a tank that size, a 20 high, you don't have room for a big group of most of the quarries because they're going to get two inches, right? So that'll fill your, your 20 gallon high really fast, but you could easily get a good sized group of pygmy quarries in there because they're not going to grow very big. So that's, that's where I'd point you pygmy quarries. Um, it's Corydoras pygmaeus, um, Histotis and Hebrosis are kind of the, the ones I would think of there. And the pygmy quarries are the ones that are most commonly available and probably the, the least expensive would be my guess. <laughs> Orange goes, I had a shipping report too. Package left Casper at 5.42 p.m. Next stop Sheridan. Yes. So if, if you guys remember, we were trying to buy a bag bander. Um, think of like a sausage maker that bands the sausage casings. But this is for fish bags from a company that shall not be named. Um, back in September, we placed the order. It looks like it's finally going to arrive. It's, it, it made it to Casper, Wyoming, um, and hopefully it'll be here tomorrow or the next day. Can't thank Orange Cones enough for helping make that happen. I can't even explain to you how difficult it's been to... <laughs> okay, if you're a company and you sell bag banding machines and someone contacts you and says, I want to give you money for one of your machines. Wouldn't you think if you're a salesman that you would say like, great, let's get that done. Wouldn't that be beneficial to the company? Hasn't been the experience. Had to hound them and try to figure out a way to get like a person that I could talk to or even a voicemail like I tried so many times calling this company to be like, hey, I want this machine. I knew what I wanted. I see you sell this machine. I would like to buy one. Could not get a response. Could not get a response. Could not get a response. Finally, back in September, Orange Cones came on board and was like, hey, I know people there. I got a response the next morning. It was great. Placed the order. It was great. It was going to come. It was great. Never came. 
Couldn't get a response after that to emails, to calls, to texts, to anything. Just disappeared. Like, <laughs> so a few weeks ago, Orange Cones and I were emailing about something else. And um, I was like, by the way, I never got that, that bag bander. And they were like, I'm on it. So they got on it. And thanks to Orange Cones, it's actually been shipped. And I might finally get that piece of equipment. <laughs> oh, it's another reason I, I like to respond to my customers. Oh, I hate that experience as a customer. Anyway, Master Aquatics, thank you. I do understand we're here because of the mods and other streamers giving us your stream. We're always trying to support the entire fish family. Thank you. Yes, exactly. I think you have the right spirit of it. We do want to support the fish fam. Mega Mindy Lou, sister accidentally gave me some black and white shrimp. A friend was supposed to get them and never pick them up. I know nothing. Can you talk shrimp care for a bit? A little bit, Mega Mindy Lou. I'm not an expert on it, though, to tell you the truth. Black and white shrimp, I'm guessing you probably have bee shrimp, which are a caridina species. Let's see. Okay, bee shrimp. Um... Something like this. It's like the crystal red, but black and white instead of red and white. So here's the extent of my knowledge with shrimp. I have bred and raised uh, lots of crystal red shrimp, but that was years ago. Since then, I've really only done tiger shrimp, cherry shrimp, and blue drain shrimp. Um, the way I do it is I set them up in a tank that's been established for a long, long time usually just the shrimp, but they're good tank mates with uh, things like autosinkless, um, Corydoras, you know, things that aren't going to eat them. <laughs> Surface kind of grazers, I guess. They make pretty good tank mates with. Um, so I put in like wood, driftwood, some kind of hardscape like that. I put in lots of plants. Uh, Java moss clumps, some wasser tank, things like that with lots of surface area. And uh, as long as it's been a well-established tank and that stuff's been in there, um, they usually do fine. I like to feed them pellets because they're easy to clean if they don't eat them all. Algae wafers. Um, I feed some like carnivore pellets from Hikari. Um, um, they'll eat rapashi. What's the one? The catfish algae spirulina type wafer from extreme um sinking stuff that doesn't decompose quickly is what i like to feed them i'll give them some zucchini and stuff every now and then as well but my main advice is um if you have an old tank that's been set up for a long time and is really stable that's where i would put them with lots of surface area hardwoods um or hardscapes like like wood and stuff they can graze on um, plants all that stuff so that's my kind of my experience. When I do it that way, they tend to do well and breathe like crazy. So that's all I got for you. So let's call out to the crowd. If anyone else has more experience than I do with what I'm assuming is a Caridina species, a, a bee shrimp, would you chime in and help Mega Mindy Lou out with more information? Uh, Mega Mindy Lou, I've never messed with like hardness and pH and all that. I've never done that with these shrimps. Um, I've just made sure that the tank is mature and stable. And it's always worked for me, but 
I'm not an expert on them. I don't have a lot of shrimp experience. Says the guy giving away some shrimp. Those shrimp are doing good because they were just bred by a guy that does a good job. Um, Kyle's Aquametrics. Any ideas of how large the Kalitawa get? I don't know because this is my first time keeping them. But um, I bet it will... I be. It might mention that in the article that we're releasing February 1st. I think though they're not a dwarf species, I don't think. <coughs> um, let's see here. Kelly, do you know this? Kelly Foreman have some? Do you know? Um, Hoon Aquatics, if you're here, do you happen to know? Anyone here? I, I think they probably are going to get four to six inches, somewhere in that range would be my guess. I don't think they're a dwarf species. If they are a dwarf species, I'd be delighted to hear that. But I don't think so. So, Kyle, we'll have to, have to wait till someone else can chime in who's had them longer and knows more. I know they get at least an inch. That's <laughs> how big mine are. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, 75 more palustris. These are an awesome puffer, pow, palustris. Fry this week. I just obtained a group of five 1.5-inch Congo puffers that... Uh, how do you say that? Muris? I never know how to say it. Seems to be a great colony as well so far. I hope to breed them in red eyes eventually. That's amazing. Good on you. Um, do it. <laughs> and please bring us along for the ride. We love hearing about your adventures there on the mountaintop. Breeding puffers. A mountaintop puffer, puffer keeper breeds some of the coolest, hardest to do fish. I, I think it's really cool what goes on there. And I like that you share it with us. Keeps my little fish breeder's heart happy. I haven't had time to breed a lot of fish myself lately, so it's neat to hear about your experience. Bob Purcell, at what size does a box become unreasonable to ship fish in? I assume at some point weight becomes an issue. I haven't got to that point. Um, the wholesale boxes are 2 feet by 18 inches by 14 to 16 inches. Um, so they're decent sized box. And um, they can be 40 to 50 pounds-ish, I would say. I mean, just guessing off the top of my head, I think that's about right. So that's a decent-sized box. I, I don't know at what point the weight would become... What's a break-even point? At what point would two boxes be better to ship than just one large one? Um, that I don't know. But I've, I've shipped plenty of 24-inch uh, by 18-inch by 14, 16-inch tall boxes full of fish at 40 to 50 pounds-ish, give or take a bit. Buddy Viper, the three pair of lime green endlers and the <laughs> straggler fish buddy are all greatly enjoying their new home. Awesome. Meanwhile, I'm pulling my hair out trying to, le trying to learn slideshows. Thanks again for all. Awesome, Buddy Viper. Glad to hear it. Um, <laughs> so Bunny Viper got some new fish and is trying to figure out how to make a slideshow presentation. So I'm looking forward to seeing that, though. I think that'll be cool to watch. Baron Von Yinzer. Hey, in Pittsburgh, they are going to switch to free chlorine to treat the water for a month and then go black, back to chloramine. Um, aside from my usual dechlorinator, any suggestions? No, I would keep doing the same thing. If if it works for chloramine, uh, chloramine, it's going to work for chlorine as well. 
So I, that would be my suggestion. Now, I'm not a chemist, not any of that. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but chloramine is the one that's difficult. So whatever you're doing for chloramine should work for chlorine as well. I would just keep doing what you're doing. I wonder why they're switching. That's funny. KP, thank you so much. You're giving me a Bravo, a Foxcat Bravo. <laughs> Let's see, am I missing? Nope. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for the super chat and the cute sticker. Cedar Bunny Viper has more to say. Could my adult empire gudgeons live in a planted rock pile with geo heckli, balzani, angels, denny barbs, stir by archers? Yeah, that sounds perfect to me, actually. Um, so I, I did have empire gudgeons in here for a while, and they did fantastic. There were angels and I think archers at the time, all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, I think that that would be fine. Now, of course, since I said that, for some reason, there'll be some nuance I don't know that'll make it not fine because that's just what happens. <laughs> but I think you'll be okay, Bunny Viper. Ow. Hail <laughs> <Hail> monger. <laughs> Can algae grow in the tank glass with zero ppm nitrate? I think so. If not, what's the safest nitrate level for fish? Will the ammonia level rise to monger for life? So the safest nitrate level for fish is probably zero. Fish don't need nitrate. Nitrate is a toxin. It's just a very mild toxin. Um, ammonia and nitrite are much more intense toxins, um, but I would say zero nitrate is probably great. If you're asking what's the safest. So will the ammonia level rise to kind of, so nitrate is a byproduct of the oxidization that happens to ammonia when it is consumed by bacteria. So uh, bacteria eats ammonia, it comes out the other end, nitrite. Bacteria eats nitrite, it comes out the other end, nitrate. So it gets, it, the molecule gets um, adjusted, it gets uh, reconfigured as it is consumed and metabolized by the bacteria. So in order to have nitrate, you probably had ammonia at some point. The hope is that you have enough bacteria that eat the ammonia and the nitrite fast enough that it never gets any kind of readable level, right? It's just, it's not instant, but ammonia is produced and very quickly is transferred to nitrite. Nitrite is produced and very quickly transferred to nitrate. Um, that's, that's the thought behind nitrifying bacteria in those filters and nitrification, basically. Um, so yes, if your nitrate level is going up, your ammonia level is probably going up too, but that's not a problem as long as your, um, filters in the environment you've set up can metabolize the ammonia in the nitrite quickly enough. And if you're not getting ammonia nitrite readings, uh, it probably is doing that. So, yeah. So most people don't worry too much about nitrate uh, 20 ppm 40 ppm is probably okay for most people um 
but the safest I think would probably be zero. In my tanks, I don't think I even get a reading, but we do like 30 to 40% water changes every night. So that keeps it pretty free of nitrate. So, okay, I do want to clarify though, I don't think nitrate in low concentrations is generally something to be afraid of. However, there are fish that, that you might want to keep an eye on nitrate as well. I'm thinking of things like discus or, um, I don't know, betamacrostoma, things like that. Um, although, I do wonder when I hear discus divas in beta heads talk about um, nitrate being harmful, if in fact what's harmful is not the nitrate, but all the little organisms and stuff that are eating the stuff that's decomposing, if that's the issue. So I don't know if the nitrate itself is, is a problem for even those kinds of fish or not in low concentrations. But generally, um, discus divas and stuff like to have like, like, you know, super low or zero nitrate as well. That's why they change 90% of the water twice a day or whatever. Vera Frank, I got your last two bed of pugnacks and wow, they are huge. <laughs> they actually spooked me a little, but gentle giants. You said they were both female, though I believe one is actually male. Oh, even better for you. Good. I thought they were both female, um, but if one's a male, I'm glad. I felt a little bad sending you two females, but glad to hear it, Vera. That's awesome. Yeah, that fish gets uh, three to four inches. Does it get five? I don't think it gets that big, but Betta Pugnax is one of the larger bettas for sure. Chris Robertson, tips for keeping KH up in a snail breeding tank. pH 8.2, KH 80 ppm out of the tap. Lots of crushed oyster, sh oyster shell substrate. Blah. Lots of crushed oyster shell substrate there. Are magic shells my only other help besides water changes? No. Um, oyster shells good. You could also add crushed, crushed uh, coral to it. Um, but there's also, like, let's say you're trying to do a Tanganyikan Rift Lake tank um, or a marine aquarium. Now, you wouldn't want to add the salt from a marine aquarium, but... Well, okay, that's going to get complicated. Let's stick with the Rift Lake example, shall we? <laughs> let's let's do that. So if you're setting up a tank for Lake Malawi or Lake Tanganyika or Lake Victoria, you can buy um, basically minerals that are used to mineralize the water for those species. So you could do that as well. If your pH is 8.2 your cage. Yeah, you shouldn't have any problem at a high pH like that, keeping keeping your, your levels up. In fact, you're probably okay. What cage are you hoping to get? Um, if your pH is 8.2, mm, maybe your pH is being artificially raised. Okay, those are those are my two best things. You could also add a uh, crushed coral. Um, you could add like an external canister filter full of crushed coral, stuff like that, just to keep it dissolving a little bit. And then maybe some Rift Lake um, additives would be, those are my best thoughts. Does anyone else have a better solution for Chris? Um, that, that's what I'm thinking, though. Jennifer Weaver. 
You can order the Fish at Dance Fish website for questions. Put the at Dance Fish in your message. Yes, because when you do that, um, Kimberly, it turns bright orange for me. If you put at Dance Fish, see these bright orange boxes in the chat thread? That's what happens when you do that. And so I'm more likely to seize them. Stephen P, 2003 Aquatics. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Josh, modest or modeste? Let's go with modeste. It's just got more flair to it. Josh, modeste. What happens if you mix blue dream shrimp and cherry shrimp? Um, well, after they breed, and so they're the same species. It's like taking a chocolate lab and a yellow lab and breeding it together, right? Um, you can do that. They're the same species, just different color or the same breed. Oh, that's a bad example. That's a breed, not a species. Dang it. Mm. Let's say this. They're the same species. They'll breed just fine. The issue is you won't be able to control the, the color. So you might get a neat mix of colors, and that could be cool. But after time, you're probably going to end up with some pretty drab brown shrimp. Um, if you just let it go without any kind of um, color selection over the generations. So... But if you just want red shrimp and blue shrimp in the tank, um, you could totally do that. It's just after a certain number of generations, it's going to start getting real funky. Well, not funky, real boring, real brown. In the meantime, though, they might throw some pretty cool colors. Uh, I don't know. I've never tried that particular combo. Um, what I'm doing is I have my blue dream shrimp in with some crystal red shrimp because they're two different genre and they don't hybridize. So you can keep a crystal red shrimp and get that nice white and red color with your blue dream shrimp. And you don't have to worry about them, uh, you know, getting the colors muddy through interbreeding. Hey, Susan for SLC Aquatics. Good to see you. I hope you are doing splendidly this evening. Another the Z. <laughs> I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Another the Z. Ah, that's how I'm saying it. Hello, you all. Do you recommend dark substrate for most quarry species? No. Um, I, I actually like my quarries against a light-colored sand in a lot of cases. Depends on what you're going for, though, I suppose. But personally, I think they both look good. It depends on the species you're keeping um, and the color contrast. I personally like good contrast, and most of the quarries contrast pretty well against like a light su sand substrate. That's my favorite. But you know, this is aesthetic. This is uh, up to the eye of the beholder. Some people really like dark substrate because they think the quarry looks better against that. But I don't like it so dark. I like to. I think they pop better against a light substrate. That being, well, I was going to say that being said, maybe the like black Venezuelan quarries would darken up better against the black substrate, but then you would never see them. They'd blend in, wouldn't they? <laughs> Samuel Joseph Fernald, what ended up happening with the spotted hill stream loaches you had? Did they recover? We still have them. Um, they're recovering. And I, I think like I could probably sell them today. Those in the common auto sinkless that are in the tank with them. I could probably sell them right now, but what I generally do when there's a problem with a tank like that, and I have not been able to identify what the problem is, 
is I give it time. Hopefully, and in most cases, um, the problem will sort itself out. Everything will stabilize. And what I do then is I say, okay, let's give it a month. So when did the last fish have a problem or pass away? We're going to give it a few weeks, a month, something like that. Because I don't know what the problem is. So I want to make darn sure that it's clear before I sell them again. So um, I'd have to talk to Mandy um, to find out. I talked to her the other day. And I think, I think that either everything had stabilized or um, instead of having one die um, every few days there was like one dying every two weeks now or something like it slowed down it's, it's doing better they're recovering but i don't know exactly yet when they'll be ready to sell again because we just don't sell them until we're like darn sure <gasps> this is amazing kelly thank you kelly says the tawas are a dwarf they're the size of prey cocks. awesome so they're the size of uh the neon dwarf rainbow so we're talking what, two and a half, maybe three inches on a big one? Would that be about right? That's great. I See, I thought I knew that in the back of my mind, but I was like, oh, do I remember that right? I have too much in my head to keep it all straight. So thanks for clarifying. That's awesome. I love dwarf rainbows, and this is a pretty one. So that's good to know. Red light robot. I finally uploaded my first aquarium video. Woohoo! Welcome to the wacky world of uh, <laughs> fish videos. You can see the whale's condition. I just activated comments this morning. I'd like to know what you think. Um, would you mind sending me a link to it? At Dancefish, Dan at dancefish.com, red light robot. Because I'll forget. Um, I have so much going on with the build of the warehouse and the new import and everything um, that I... I'd like to think I'd remember, but the odds are my mind just can't keep any more information. But if you send me a link in an email, um, I won't forget. That's how I control my workflow. I'm excited to see him. Papa Shrimp, I am working on breeding clown killifish and having some success. Any tips on ways to ensure fry survival? I counted as many 50 fry, but only half a dozen have made it. Yes, small, tiny live foods like rotifers, paramecium, infusoria. It's really the only way I know of to raise them in any kind of quantity. That's uh, most killifish fry hatch. They lay pretty big e eggs, most killifish, and most of the babies hatch free swimming and ready to eat. And they can eat baby brine shrimp right away. Clown killifish are a different story. The eggs are, I mean, that's a tiny fish. The eggs are quite a bit smaller than normal killifish and the fry are quite tiny. So, um, live tiny foods is your best bet you can try the powdered foods on top and everything and that might work a little bit but if if you have a spawn of like 50 fry and you want to raise 50 fry rotifers paramecium infusoria a green if you have green water that's a good start too there's lots of stuff living in there as well that's not just free free floating algae there's all kinds of stuff in there hasabasa Supple, son. <laughs> Been too long, dog. <laughs> Glad I was able to catch a stream again. With this new job, I should be able to watch each week again. Hey, welcome back. Glad to have you. Good to see you. The prodigal returns. 
Baron y- Von Yinzer, something about sterilizing the system from what they put out to customers. Ooh. Baron, what is that referring to? Um, I can't remember that far back in the, the stream. Oh, chlorine instead of chloramine. Okay. That's interesting. I thought chloramine sterilized pretty well, but what do I know? Not much when it comes to like water treatment plants. <clears throat> Killer Kitty 08. Thank you so much for the cute sticker in the super chat. Boom. Oh, wait, got to do it this side. I'm, I'm backwards on camera. Like I have, don't have room over here. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and the chubby guppy throwing down some cute hippos and a super chat. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I've always been in awe at how chubby that guppy is in your uh, in your avatar there. <laughs> That's that is one chubby guppy. Hope it recovered. <laughs> Another the Z. Do you recommend dark strawberry? Oh, got that one already. That was about the corridor's substrate coloration. Oops, chat jumped. Here we go. Going hard to find the top from the jumpy jumps. Just a moment here. There we go. Okay, found where it is and got it. Fishaholic recommendations for some cold water fish other than goldfish. Got one dojo loach, three panda quarries, some white clouds. Temp currently running at 68. Oh, there's so many cool fish you could get in there. Um, tank size? Um, if you have a dojo loach, I'm going to guess it's a fairly good sized tank. First thing I would do is get more panda quarries. Um, if you get a dozen or more, that would be great. Uh, they would love that. got a lot on the bottom. I was going to say some kind of darter or um, or goby. There's lots of those that, that like the cool temperatures. But you've already got a panda quarries down there and a dojo loach down there. So then my mind goes to midwater. You've got a, your cloud, your white clouds there. Okay, I'm going to go with fundalus. Um, just because that's a more surface-oriented fish, and I feel like the surface area might be what needs help. Um, so let's let's go on a little trip, little little field trip here. So fundalus are a genus of native killifish. Here's a nice one, fundalus chrysotis, the golden top minnow. They also come in this, which is fundalus chrysotis with kind of a more melanin in it. Pretty little native killifish. It'll be a different pace in the tank than the um, white clouds. And they'll stay midwater, kind of top level. If you have floating plants and stuff, they'll like to stay up at the top level. Um, another one that might work in that tank, I don't think the dojo loach will eat it if it's not eating white clouds, is um, Leptolucania. Leptolucania omata, this one. Small little surface-dwelling killifish. Um, again, these are from the United States. They're native to North America, so they, uh, they, they'll do fine at your temperatures. But what I would really suggest 
is go here, go to nanfa.org, look up, where is, where is it? Um, captive care. Look at all these articles on all these different fish that would do just fine in cool water. Um, okay, let's look at the... What's one I like and I know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's see what our selection is here. Okay, let's go to flagfin shiners. These are a cool one. So look at all this information here on this fish. You could take a read through that um, and come up with some awesome information, decide if it's for you. Now this one is one that might be a little harder to find. This is one that everybody wants and is scarce. So this might not be one that you can actually find, but it's an example of, you know, here's a good resource, um, lots of information and lots more to choose from here. So that's what I would suggest. Um, man, I, I do love those though. Whew, those flag fins are, I, I knew them as blue nose mostly, not flag fins. Beautiful little native darter, not darter, shiner, or minnow at least. <laughs> I don't know where the line is between shiner and minnow. All shiners are minnows, but not all minnows are shiners, I guess. So I, I would turn you on to Nanfa there. Take, take a gander. If there's anything you like there, um, you can contact the Nanfa folks and see if they know of anyone that has any. You can go to Jonah's Aquarium or you can go to Saks Aquaculture. Um, if, if any mods know the links to Jonah's Aquarium or Saks Aquaculture, um, let's share them out for, uh, for Fishaholic. That's where you can buy a lot of these things once you've done the research at Nanfa. Chris Robertson, the mystery snails I put a lot of calcium, I pull a lot of calcium out of the water and I lose my cage after about two to three weeks, even though the plants and rock keep the water perfect otherwise. Losing cage starts your pH to drop. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. They pull that much calcium out, huh? Cool. Got it. Start getting pitted shells and thin shells and all that. Well, I think um, that Rift Lake uh, additive stuff is probably going to be quite helpful. That's got a lot of calcium and magnesium and stuff in it. Another the Z, what about me? Thanks, Lowell. I'm sure that was witty and made tons of sense. It would have made me chuckle if I had read it right when it was posted, but it's been so long since I don't remember what we were talking about that right now it's lost on me, sorry. <laughs> Dragon Lair, when I had the Black Venezuelan quarries, they were on white sand, awesome contrast. Yeah, that's... Mine are on, not, it's not white, white sand, but it's a light colored sand. I like the contrast as well. And against black, yeah, that would, or against white, their black color would look pretty awesome. By the way, super cool fish. I'm liking them a lot. Black Venezuelan Corridoras. Speaking of Venezuelan Corridoras, the orange Venezuelans look like a natural pebble with mixed colors. Yes. Yes, if you have like a natural gravel, of size, they'll mix right in. That is true. My stirbys wash out on light sand, but look awesome on black sand. Yeah, totally, totally. It depends on the fish and the contrast you're looking for. And I personally, I don't mind the 
the washed out stir-by on light sand because it's not like, it, for me anyway, it doesn't turn like, it doesn't lose all its color. It's still got enough color that it still looks good against the light sand to me. But there's a lot of fish that can go either way for sure. Again, it's, it's aesthetics and that's up to the eye of the beholder. It's hard to give any hard and fast stuff with that. Papa Shrimp. Yes, very tiny, but they learned to spot them now. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Was that the uh, Clown Killies? By the way, Papa Shrimp, good to hear from you. Um, I loved... I've been really busy building the new fish store, but you and Jadrin on live streams, I loved that. I, I think I've heard them all. Usually on replays, but I think I've heard them all. So... I'm a fan, bro. I'm a fan. Chad Brockmeyer, how are the Congress spotted puffers eating? Awesome. They're eating really well. So they'll eat um, frozen bloodworms. They'll eat frozen shrimp. They'll eat um, they'll eat viber bites. They'll demolish a carnivore pellet if I drop one in. Like they're not picky. They've been trained to all kinds of food. They just want food, and they're eating awesome. By the way, that's another one that's aquarium bred and raised. Uh, they aren't. They don't have the Supply chain, wild-caught issues you can have with a lot of puffers. And I've had those a little longer. I've had those for at least a couple months, a little longer than that. So they aren't like, you know, fresh out of the bag or anything like that. Red Light Robot, so very terrified and excited. I used your site's email form. Will that work? Yeah, that'll come to me. (coughs) Not a problem. The chubby guppy, the original pick, she is giving birth. Oh, you can see the fry just behind her. Lived a long three years. Awesome. That's a lot of babies in that fish. My gosh. Yeah, I always see that poor lady. I'm like, man, that is that is one fish that is ready to be done with its pregnancy. Look at this. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, let's see if I can. Can I show it? Oh, come on. Let me show the people. There it is. Can we get in there enough? I don't know how well this is going to... How high can I go? 250? I don't know if that's enough for you to see, especially if you're... Oh, I see the baby right there now. Especially if you're on your phone or something. But look at how chubby that guppy is. Worthy of a namesake for a YouTube handle, that's for sure. Okay, let's reset that and get back here. Yeah, every time I see that fish, I'm like, boom! Thing needs to have some babies. Mitchell Broom, Radonocentris ornatus would be an awesome cool water fish with different shape than white clouds. Yes, that's a great suggestion. Yep. Some of the smaller rainbow fish from, from lower in Australia that can take the cool temperatures. That's a good suggestion. I mean, if you can find them, hard to find, but would be really, really good. I agree. And again, I don't know the tank size. Okay, hang on. I ran out of water. Never fear, I have a refill near. My throat needs it tonight. Nine more minutes, I can do it. We can do it. Uh, It's so much better now though. So much better. I think it'll be pretty much normal tomorrow. My apologies to everyone, but I'll be back tomorrow. Isaac Cornstubble, hey Dan, wanted to let you know that everyone came in 
peak perfection. Yay! Goal! Except for my throat hurts, so I can't do that. No losses yet, no sign of anyone acting up. A perfect break from a string of bad orders. Please keep up the amazing work. Isaac, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that the fish are doing well for you. Upper Aquatics, formerly Biscotti Nanya. I just watched your video on fl fl flagfish. <laughs> Florida flagfish. Do you think they would do well in a 60 tall with five angels? 60 tall, yes. I, I think with flagfish, this is Jordanella floridiae, the uh, flag killifish. I think you always want a plan B just in case. Angels can be pretty tough characters, but there's still a chance that the flagfish might might nip at their nice long fins. So I don't know. I would say that is worth a try, um, but I'd have a plan B ready. And when you did that, I would get a decent sized group of flagfish. They, they interact so much more and their aggression's actually less because they're focused more on each other. So I, I don't think a dozen's too many for a 60 gallon tall, especially if there's lots of hardscape and plants and stuff. Well, they're gonna eat some of your plants. And <laughs> that's something to know about flagfish. Uh, they won't eat every species of plant, but soft and delicious, they'll definitely eat. So I'm giving it a qualified, I think it would be okay, have a plan B. Has anyone tried that combo if you have? Uh, would you chime in and let us know what the results were? I'm trying to think if I've done that combo. I, it's been so long since I've uh, kept flagfish. I don't know if I ever kept them with angelfish or not. I can't remember. <gasps> no! Some dude says, unfortunately, Saks Aquaculture is closed. Shoot, that was such a great source. Really? Okay, let's let's see. Field trip time. Permanently closed. Oh, I did not know that. We're shutting down on June thirtieth, twenty twenty-one. After thirty-three years, I decided we'd run our course. They were in business since nineteen eighty-eight. Oh man, that's a bummer. They did a good job. I mean, I got lots of fish from them over the years. They did a good job. They were, I remember one time they spent like an hour on the phone with me, just helping me out, like helping me make sure I had the tank set up right and all that stuff. <clears throat> it's hard to find. Now, they were getting antsy by the end of that phone call. Don't get me wrong. but <laughs> This is why I keep business to email. <laughs> Because <laughs> if my customers are like me, <laughs> I ain't never getting nothing done. Oh, that's too bad, though. I'm sad to hear that. Uh, by the way, I got the email about you having more amapas. Next order I want to do would be a group of at least six amapas and possibly some other fish. Uh, also, what happens to the Borelii? What happened to the Borelii? Nothing, aren't they listed? If they're not there, they sold out. Let's Let's look. Field trip. Opal. 
Yeah, they're there. Oh, you know why they don't show up? Because I don't have a picture. So that knocks them down to the bottom. So anything, the way the, the website's configured is we didn't want to have like a boring website where you get on it and it's just doesn't look good. So, um, so listings with pictures are prioritized to the top. So, um, we do have, if I haven't got a picture up yet, it's probably just further down and harder to see, but they're there. The Borelii are there. Swamp so thing, getting topical. Wait, getting topical chat references 30 minutes later is like lemon curry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, the flying circus, man. Best stuff ever. All right. I think we should probably do the giveaway. We've got four minutes left. Let's do the giveaway. And then if there's a little bit of time to chit chat after we will, how are we doing here? I'm just curious. 282 folks are here. That's not half bad. Thanks for being here, folks. If you're just joining us um, at the beginning of the stream, I went over all the awesome new fish that we got in, including one I'm super excited about and have been trying to get for a long time. It's a rainbow fish, a dwarf rainbow fish about the size of uh, Melanotania praecox, the neon dwarf rainbow. Oh, here it is. It's this, Melanotania kalitawa. Um, I'm pretty sure this is gonna be an absolute favorite. I'm pretty sure this is gonna take the hobby by storm. Um, I was lucky, I got, I got the first batch um, from the, the breeder that, that raises them in quantity. Uh, they held them for me, and uh, so super excited about those. But there's lots of other cool stuff, too, especially if you're into L number plecos and rainbows and stuff like that. All right. That being said, we are going to get to the giveaway here. This is for some amazing Blue Dream shrimp, which were bred and raised by Rick May. Um, doing fantastic. All Rick's stuff is fantastic. We got from Rick Blue Dream shrimp. We got um, Social Pearl Danios. We got... Orange Flash Epistogramma, and we got Orange Venezuelan Cories. Um, lots of them. We didn't lose any. Rick, your stuff's amazing, including these shrimps. So, out of 251 eligible users, man, people like the shrimp. 252. <laughs> the winner is New Mexico Aquatics. You have won. Little Bobby, congratulations from the land of enchantment. New Mexico Aquatics. Um, if you would let us know that you're here, you have two minutes to say I'm here or yippee or something. Leave some kind of chat that lets us know you're here because you do have to be here to win. And while we're waiting for Little Bobby, a.k.a. New Mexico Aquatics, scroll up and see if I can find another one. Dragon Layer, have you seen the video in a European fish store of the Golden Nugget Plecos in a stream tank with the insane flow of water? It's moving so fast you couldn't stand up in it. So it's like hill stream type. I haven't seen that one, but man, plecos come from some raging water. Not all of them, but some of those hypen citrus types, they come from super strong current. And this is one reason it's so hard to, um, to collect them. Some of them are very deep water and it's flowing very quickly. You got to like somehow snorkel or scuba dive down there without being whipped away. You know, that's dangerous stuff. So 
they can be hard to get. By the way, I should mention this. Um, I meant to earlier and I apologize I didn't. I see you little Bobby. Um, we did get in mini snowball plecos and ocelots. So L471s and L174s. However, those ocelots came in super small. Um, small enough that I'm not comfortable shipping them. So I'm going to raise them up for a little bit. And the, the mini snowballs are going to need a little more time as well. So we did get them. I know a lot of people have been waiting for those. Sorry, I forgot to mention this earlier. I meant to. Um, I, I just need some more time with them before I can list them. Okay, with that, New Mexico Aquatics is here. Awesome. You know what to do. Send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. Your first and last name and your mailing address. And I'll get those sent out to you um, next week. We'll, we'll settle on the date. And it's 8.30. Time to close this out. <laughs> Even my wife is like, what? Yes! <laughs> oh, sorry. I just clapped into the microphone. Oh, faux pas. Sorry. I missed one super chat from Canada's Aquatics and Exotics. Pippi Longstocking, strutting her stuff. <laughs> the Pippi Longstocking cheerleader. For those that don't know, we're talking about this super sticker right here. I know it's not really Pippi Longstocking, but that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> probably my favorite uh, super sticker. So, and that was probably left to remind me that the stream is ending. So we're going to end. Thank you to my moderators for being here and doing what you do. I appreciate each and every one of you and just helping make this a good stream and keeping the chat all managed. I really appreciate that. Everyone that threw money at us today, thanks for the super chats. Always appreciated, never required, but they do make my wife super happy when money just falls out of the computer screen. That makes everybody happy. So thank you. Um, everyone that left a question or a comment, thanks for being here and for participating. If I didn't get to it, I'm sorry. I ran out of time or chat jumped. I uh, never mean to ignore people, but every now and then I just miss stuff. So, you know, that's how it is. Um, hail the Lurker Nation. If you're watching the replay, thanks for watching. If you're listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. Thanks again to Michael Mellier for making that podcast happen. Um, Michael's the one that takes the audio and throws it up into podcast format. So appreciate you, Michael. With that, we're going to close it out. Um, I don't know if Punchy Paints is going next, but if she is, she's going to go live in about half an hour. You can get some more fishy talk goodness and some cool art on her live stream. We'll be back next Wednesday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I hope you have a great week. Bye-bye.